Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get in the Herd. Uh, desired outcomes, but really just kind of catch up and see what's going on. So today in the studio, we have with us, of course, Justin over there producing the heck out of the show. We got to my right, Mr. Kyle Sunday. Good to see you, Kyle. Um, <laughs> Cambria's watching. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, over here, we've got Harold. So gentlemen, um, Harold, welcome back to the show. Kyle, welcome back to the show. Something big has happened in your life today. Today is 28 days for you. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, I'm about to transition to the next phase of the program, and I'm very excited. That's awesome. Do you Have you completed your transition paperwork? Do you know where you're going yet? Um, well, I completed it. I need more signatures. Ah. Um, some of the staff isn't here, here but um, I, I hope I stay in the, same, in the Clark House. I like it there. And, Oh, that's right. You're at Clark House. Right, right, right. That's awesome. So so tell me, um, Harold, you've been on the show before, and it wasn't 28 days ago. No, I was on the show in 2000, I want to say maybe 19 or 19. It might have been. I mean, we, we did a few, uh, I, don't, I don't know what we consider our first episode, but yeah, we, we had a couple early episodes and things back then um, as we were developing this. So, yeah. um, But now we're doing 28 days, so can can you talk about... If you if you're comfortable, talk about what happened, what brought you back, and and uh, what's going on now. Um, what brought me back is I did not work my program uh, when I left McShin. I didn't do any of the things that kept me clean while I was at McShin. I didn't go to any meetings. I didn't reach out and share how I felt. I just tried to coast by and I relapsed. So um, I can identify the problem that I had, and now I'm working in the solution. Putting that solution to action, I love it. Um, Kyle, you've also recently had some new, you have some, well, some challenges coming up, but you've had some new stuff too. Do you want to talk about uh, what you've been got, what's been going on with you? Um, anything you want to share with, uh, share with us? I mean, I'll share what has been going on. So I graduated my 28 days, like Harold, and then, um, at the end of my 28 days, I ended up getting hired on a staff here. So I took on that job and it was a little stressful at first, you know, cause when I first came here, I was court ordered. I was like, I'm doing my 28 days. I'm kicking rocks. I'm getting out of here. You know, <laughs> I I'm, feel I'm that yeah, in and out fast <laughs> as possible. And I'm going home, but you know, being in this program and being around all these good people, it's like, you know, I know that if I would have went home at my 28 days, there's nothing there for me. I would ended up going back to the same old stuff and, seeing as how they they gave this opportunity to me you know i wanted to take it because i want to i want to do everything i can for my recovery and to put myself in a position to that you know when i do go home i'll be able to succeed because i'm in and no i'm only 60 days clean now you know i saw some new jewelry posted uh on facebook a new new key tag yep and then so so i got the job here and then a couple weeks ago um, our house leader, because we're both at Clark House, our house leader ended up moving on to you know bigger and better things. He still works around here, but 
So they made me the house leader over at Clark House. So, you know, I'm staff here, um, house leader over there. So it, it, it's a lot, but I like it because I like being, it, it kind of holds me accountable having to have this role and, and all this stuff to do. You know, it makes me want to be a better person because I want to set an example for the next guy. You know what I mean? I'm only 60 days in my recovery and I'm already, you know, I have a job here. I'm a house leader. You know, I got a second job and I'm doing all these things, but I have to be careful not to take on too much is what my sponsor told me. Cause before I started doing all this stuff, I'd always call my sponsor before you make a big decision. Mm -hmm. He's like, look, you know, just make sure you're not doing too much. You don't want to overwhelm yourself at first, you know, and it's been going good so far. So um, we'll see how it goes. Having a good time. So I forgot that the both of you were in the same house together. Um, Harold, you've you've been a, you're a repeat visitor with the McShin yes. Foundation, a repeat uh, participant. When you were here the first time, one other time, or was it two other times? Uh, one other one time. other time, right? And 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 I feel this because I'm a repeat guy too, right? Um, you were here back in 2019. How how long were you here for the first time? Um, well, the first time I came, September 5th. 2018 Eight, okay and i left on june 2019 i was here nine months yeah that's and that's a that's a, a long time yeah. yeah so what what um while you were here those nine months now i don't think i lived we didn't live together did we uh no no we didn't no. we we had the we had harold and gerald here at the same time back <laughs> you remember you remember <laughs> gerald right <laughs> um and, I, I miss that guy uh, I haven't seen him in a while, but um, we had Harold and Gerald here at the same time, and you guys are different people, but it, I just remember the name always getting stuck in my mouth. Um, I lived with Gerald. Right. Um, Harold, so your experience in that nine months, when when you were getting clued in or connected in back then, were you were you doing anything towards your recovery then? Did you have a sponsor? Did you work any? You know, you know, we talk about twelve steps a lot here, but I mean, did you have a pathway of recovery? Um, you, well, yes, I had a pathway of recovery and I had a sponsor and um, I was working the first step mm. and might have had maybe like 40 days clean and I relapsed. While so, you were a participant? While I was a ah, participant. Okay. And after that relapse, like the shame and guilt, yeah. I, I never called my sponsor back after the relapse. Yeah. And after that relapse, I did not work a program. I just went to meetings. Yeah. And that's it, really, pretty much. Um, I would call a couple of people in my network and we would hang out, but it wasn't like recovery related. We would just go to movies, stuff like that, different activities. But no, after I relapsed that first time, I didn't work any program. And then I relapsed two other times while in the program. Oh, I the first time oh. I relapsed a total of three times. Uh, mm. My clean date changed from September 5th. And then I finally got a clean date, which was December the 5th. And um, I had got the naltrexone okay. implant when they were here. The doctor oh, yeah. came I here and did the implant. Yeah. And, I, and then after that lasted three months. And then I got the Viv I was put on Vivitrol. So I did the Vivitrol for a year. You did that for a year? Yeah. Um, after that year, though, I guess it was like a free yeah. for a year. And I went back to get the prescription refilled. But it was like almost a thousand dollars, so I couldn't afford it. Wow. So wait, so so are you do you have insurance? Um, that's with the insurance. That's with is that wow, is that Medicaid? No. 
No, I don't have no. I want now. See that? Okay, that's and excuse me. I guess that is really none of my business. But that makes me. I didn't realize that there would be a cap on the on the length that you could go and use the Vivitrol. So that's interesting. What what I heard though, some people they don't have a cap, but they have Medicaid. Yeah, and um, I okay. don't. I don't have Medicaid, so it was free for that first year, and after that, with the insurance, it was like thousand dollars i'm you know i had to get it every month and i can't afford that that's insane i know medicaid has no cap for it medicaid pays for it all for and for in depth because because we know that that you know recovery takes can take a long time and to get wow i I, this i didn't know so you've given me something to fight for here because that that's 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 how that's 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 insane um well so you got off the vivitrol and then suddenly you're not working a program you don't have that that blocker, you know, built-in system. Right. Um, what's going on in your life otherwise at that point too? Are you working? Um, uh, pandemic is happening. Yeah, I'm, I always kept um, employment, and you know, until the pandemic. When the pandemic came, um, um, you know, everything shut down. And um, but see, I had relapsed before the pandemic. Okay, but I had got back on track, so I had went and got Suboxone. I was on the Suboxone. And the pandemic hit, and I was just sitting at home in my head, not talking to anybody, and they sent me a stimulus check. Mm-hmm. They sent a, a addict with nothing to do in his head, not working a program, a stimulus check, and it was like off to the races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, there's going to be a book written. There's going to be many books written about the pandemic in the future. But the one thing that I, I'm eager to, well, not eager to read about, but one thing I want to read about is the effects of the stimulus check and how that 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 really just helped increase the number from 72,000 overdose deaths in 2019 to 93,000 overdose deaths in 2020. And I think that's a huge direct result of, of, of direct or maybe indirect, the result of that of those stimulus checks. Um, well, you got to think there was no meetings going on. Yeah. Anywhere. Barely. People are getting their money, yeah. not being able to go to meetings, not being able to be around their networks and they're getting these stimulus checks. You know I mean? If you're not around people in recovery and you can't make your meetings, you know, I mean, I was incarcerated for that time, but I know if I was out and I wasn't able to go to meetings and be around clean people and get my recovery in and I'm getting all this money, you know what? Oh yeah. I had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of thoughts about doing crazy things with that money too. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I did do a crazy thing. I took that money and I went around the country, but um, that was, that in and of itself was a little crazy, but you relapsed. You continue to use, you're stuck in your head. You're home now without a job. You've got this money. You've got the drugs. You have a wife. Yes. Was she, are you, were you living with her at the time? Yes. Yes. We have a home together. And, and was she working? Uh, she worked from home. She was working, so she's working from home, and you're still isolating. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's a huge recipe for for some problems. What brought you here? What brought you back? Um, what brought me back? Uh, I was on probation. I had probation for five years, and uh, I violated my probation and, and got incarcerated. And um, while I was in jail, I just knew. I mean, I was tired. You know, I'm yeah. tired of the same old thing doing the same thing getting the same results Did you and, violate for a dirty urine yes yes and um so when i was in jail i just kept thinking like of mcshin you know what i mean like i remember when i went to mcshin it was a great program i loved the peer-to-peer 
And I mean, I had some clean time. I was staying clean. You know what I mean? That's the only time that I had a significant amount of clean time because I got up to like a little over 10 months before yeah. I went back out. But I mean, just just having that clean time, I mean, it's the only time in my life I had that long. So yeah. I said I wanted to come back here because I know it worked for me if I keep working it, if I put in work. Yeah. So the difference this time, I have a sponsor. I have a home group. I'm trying to get more involved and do what they suggest. Last time I was identifying out. Yeah. This time I'm identifying in, you know. So I just want to work on myself, become a better man, actually. Yeah. So um, so now that the 28 days is up, so new 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 freedoms, uh, you know, as far as your ability to get out of the building and and go back to work and and just sort of get back, you know, into some semblance of, uh, of, of community society outside of this building. Um, what are you, what are you eager to get back to? What are you nervous about getting back to? Um, and how can we help? Um, I'm eager to go back to work Yeah, because, um, it's hard financially because I'm not doing anything. So it's a lot on my wife right now. Yeah. So I'm eager to get back just to be able to help and contribute. Um, but I'm also nervous at the same time about it because that's money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm still early in my recovery. You know, I have like 40 some days clean and, and I know, awesome. and I know money is a, with a, in my past with a big trigger, you know, mm-hmm. but um, the difference is I got, I communicate, I share how I feel. I got good people around me. I got Kyle. Mm-hmm. Like me and Kyle are pretty close. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's one, that's big, that's huge to have that network, having someone you can trust yeah. that you can be honest with, you know. Um, I'm also nervous about, like, running into certain people, you know what I mean? Because uh-huh. when I go back to work, we work all over. It's not like I'm just at my job. We just stay at one spot. We work everywhere. Every day we're going to different locations, and there's no telling what locations we can go to because I know sometimes we go into – apartment complexes and do parking lots we just did a job earlier this year in mosby court and there's different people and places we might do work that i'm kind of like concerned about because those are big triggers as well you know people places and things i just need to keep an open communication line to my network yeah i have to stay connected so i had a, a friend well actually a participant um well, friend participant hit hit me up uh, uh, over the weekend, and he he was he was a little he was upset when he woke up in the morning that he'd had a a, a really deep using dream, a very vivid user dream, and and you know very calmly, did you use? Well, no. I said, are you talking about it? Well, yes. You know, I said, well, you're doing the thing that the program says to do. Like, I know I'm going to have thoughts about using. I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I absolutely do. And sometimes I'll dwell in those for a little longer than I would like. And that's going to be scary for me. Um, and I have a program that teaches me just because I have a thought doesn't mean I have to act on that thought. That's the that's the piece in my recovery that I don't think I really had early on. Um or when I was using for sure, it's like, I want to use, let's go use, boom, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I would find any ways and means to get to that, to that using point. So, you know, we, we're talking about triggers over here, Kyle, um, I'm sure some of the same triggers probably for you talk about how you deal with triggers, because I, this is a good conversation for me, um, as well. What, what, what are some of your triggers and how do you cope with that? A lot of my triggers are like emotions. 
happiness. You don't even got to be depressed. Happiness. I'm happy. It's a nice day, man. It would be good to go out and, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, of course. Now, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> loneliness, man. you know, sitting around, you get lonely, you know, sadness, anger, all that stuff is, is what I use drugs to escape from. Because when I was high, I never had to deal with when I was high, man. Shit, no, I didn't get have care in the world. Yeah. None of that mattered. There was, I wasn't, it's like I was in a different reality. I didn't have to deal with none of that stuff. So like when you're first getting clean and you're getting all these emotions back, I know that was the toughest part for me. Cause it's like, I don't want to feel this anymore. Yeah. You know, I don't, and it, and it's not just like when you get clean, you get one, you know, you get your happiness back and then maybe you get sad. No, it's all at once for me. At Oof. least like, wow, yeah, you know, right. it's like, holy Bam. shit. Like what, you know, I don't, but once you get through that, like the way I found to help, me and like Harold was talking about is talk to somebody about it because being able to like be like we have a house good house full of dudes you know what i mean we all talk to each other we all sit around and and kick it and like having people like that that you can honestly open yourself up to and express your true feelings to and get that shit off your chest that's like i mean that's one of the best gifts of recovery i've had because me, me as a man i don't like talking about my feelings i was never raised you know fucking stop being a crybaby you know what mm -hmm. i mean like you don't talk about that shit you go to work and make money and support your family you don't deal with all that so for me it, it's hard it was hard to be able to open up to somebody like that but being around a bunch of guys i trust that i can be like look man i'm screwed up right now you know yeah. i'm lonely you know i'm sad you know and i don't have to do it to worry about them judging me you know, and once you get that shit off your chest and you talk about it and you, you know, Harold's a funny dude, like he'll make you laugh all night. Like it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yes. good. It's good for the soul, man. Mm -hmm. You know? So it, it's like, for me, yeah, I have those triggers, but being able to talk to it, talk about it to people that you trust me. And that's, that's one of the biggest gifts I've gotten out of here. You know, even in NA meetings and sharing with other people, you might not know, you know, that's a safe room that where you can go there and express how you feel and you're not going to be judged. Yeah. I've had a few moments um, over the past few days that have um, uh, shifted, altered, uh, maybe, I don't know, helped me reflect on what I'm doing um, with my recovery. And one of those things was the, the 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 party we did on Saturday, and I know you were there. I don't, I, you weren't there no. on Saturday, but um, there was a, a 17th anniversary party for the McShin Foundation. I know Justin was there, poor guy. Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we were there all together uh, at John and, and Carol's home, and I'd forgotten just how much I loved that, how much I missed that. Um, have you have you been you've been to John and Carol's house? Yes. Yeah. And and for like what a bonfire? Yeah, yeah. well, many a different events, bonfires, yeah. Christmas party. The, oh my gosh. The Christmas party. That's yeah. I mean, like I, oh, we missed that last year, you know? We've missed those those big giant you know gatherings. And I remember just, you know, hugging everybody on on Saturday. And and you know, I think getting into recovery, I wasn't much of a hugger. 
and mm-hmm. then you run around here, right? You hug everybody. And then last <laughs> year, you know, you got used to doing the fist bumps and whatnot. And and I sort of got away from it and I sort of went retreated back into the, you know, leave me the heck alone, you know, because yeah. because of the no meetings. And, you know, as uh, Gwen Smith up here in the comments says, you know, ABC stores were open for the entire time, but the meetings all closed down. It does create a perfect storm of horrors, she says. I love that imagery. Well, I mean, I love it and I hate it because it's reality. Yeah. Um, but it did. You know, we've got mixed drinks being delivered to the house. Yeah, you they know? got delivery now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, so you, you, the DAC gets stacked against us. So, you know, we in the recovery community um, have a have an even stronger, you know, desire to help the next person, I, I think. You know, it sort of makes me realize that the more I reach out to help somebody else, the more I'm helping myself. Um, because I, you know, I, I'm really one bad decision away from throwing away everything mm. in my life. And I don't mean material stuff. I mean, my sense of purpose, yep. my serenity, my peace of mind, um, which are all things that I have to work on in my program of recovery every single day. But I get to do that. I don't have to do that. I get to do that now, which, which is awesome for me. Like, you know, I get to go up, get up in the morning and, and, and do my gratitude. I get to get up in the morning and I do pray in the morning. I usually pray while I'm driving. That's not a knock on my driving. It's just a thing. It's my, it's my I pray you know, when you drive too. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. But anyway, so, so like, like being able to share that, like with, with each other, I love that that you know you've got a, you've built a house over there. I've built a community of guys. What did you call it? A a good house of dudes. Yeah, it sounds like a band name. Yeah, uh, good, good house of dudes. Boom! Boom. There it is. There it is. Right. <laughs> I I will say like during that pandemic, uh, I was super isolated, and mm-hmm. and I had already relapsed at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but that pandemic made it ten times worse. Uh, and it's not completely over yet, but I, I was living, um, you know, with a girl and we actually lived in the apartment that was above the office of a storage unit facility. So we were absolutely isolated. There was, we didn't have any neighbors. We weren't yeah. in a neighborhood. We were in a, an apartment that was secluded around nothing. And we didn't really want to go because we were we took it very seriously. We didn't we tried to go as as few places as possible. We only went out when it was, you know, groceries or necessities, things like that. And I remember when I got my stimulus check, mm. the mm. first thing I did <laughs> was went out and picked up. Yeah. I didn't spend money on anything else. I, I mean, yeah. And I needed thing. I needed food. I needed, you know, stuff. The first thing I did was I went out and I picked up. And I remember getting that phone call when I was on the way and it was like, Hey, where are you going? What are you doing? Don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. Yep. You know? Uh, but that, that's, that's kind of, you know, since I've, I've been here, uh, it, you know, I've been here for a few months now, but, um, it's amazing to see that, you know, that difference of how being isolated versus how being a part of the recovery community you know, changes your whole mindset. And I'll be honest, you know, one, one of the things for me, one of the biggest triggers for me is a change of routine. Um, when I have a, a routine that I do every day, um, if something interrupts that Mm. the first thing I think is I want to get high right now. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I, I didn't really realize it until a few weeks ago. Um, because I had a pretty set routine 
and then a couple of things shifted, a couple of things changes or changed. And I, and I, there was, I had to change that routine and man, those thoughts came screaming back and, you know, of course I didn't act on them or anything like that. Um, but it was, it was amazing for me personally to see, you know, how, how something as simple as a change of routine could, could cause me to have those thoughts again. So, yeah. But you talked about it when that happened, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I did. Absolutely. I did. I, I um, remember driving around with you and we were driving down a route and you were telling me, wow, this is the route I used to take to go pick up. And, yeah. and, and what was that? Yeah. I don't, would we go to pick up speakers or something? And I remember yeah, we were going to Sam Ash. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. yeah. And, and sharing that with me. And, you know, I, I get that, yeah. you know, the first yeah. time I drove up 95 and got into Fredericksburg, wow, did I not, you know, yeah. I, yeah. it was, you know, I didn't do anything destructive in Richmond. So for me, you know, getting up back up North was like, mm. wow. And it's, it's crazy. Like being an addict, you have to, you, you ha in being an addict in recovery, you, you have to like constantly be vigilant of you, you're going to get triggers all the time when you don't even realize it like you'll yeah. you'll see something and oh my god you know like i used mm. to do this and that and this, you know like you have to constantly be aware that at any point during any day those thoughts could come back yep. and, and and that's that it, it sometimes it makes it kind of tough to live with you know um but that's why we have our network that's why we have our sponsors that's why we have people that we can call and talk to and you know yeah well, kind of talk us off the ledge, if you will, you know, do, do other non using things. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I love about being in recovery and being around, you know, us, this house full of dudes. Right. Mm -hmm. um, is that, you know, when I have that thought, you know, I can talk about it and then be like, all right, well, let's go freaking, we got to clean the bathrooms, you know, or, you know, we, we, we've got this to go do, you know, we're going to, to a bonfire over here or something. Cause it's like, you know, I'm going to have those thoughts, you know, I'm definitely going to have those thoughts. And I, I think early on, man, I was really, every time I had that thought, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm the only one who's thinking about using right now. Everybody hmm. else is in recovery. Right. Nope. You know, and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't always want to talk about that. I didn't want to talk about that. So now, I mean, now, now my ego comes in for me, right? You know, I was like, oh, I got a couple of 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And so I, I shouldn't still be having these thoughts. And I don't want to tell newcomers because I don't want to scare newcomers. But the reality is, man, I'm a freaking person who used drugs and alcohol for a long time. You know, and, and as they say in the rooms, right? You know, if you go 10 miles into the woods, mm. you got to come 10 miles back out of the woods, you know, yep. unless you get a helicopter. But I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I just put a down payment on a helicopter yesterday, y'all. So Fantastic. Yeah. Did you use your stimulus check? I <laughs> nope. That was gone like three days after I had it. <laughs> uh, Debbie Rosenbaum over there, our, our uh, illustrious and amazing um, uh, chairman, chairperson of the board. She says, glad you're back, Harold. How do you think, Debbie? You know Debbie. You, you'll remember Debbie when you meet her. She and Marta used to come in and do the uh, quilting. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, I, I think, do. I think Marta's I coming do. back to do quilting next yes, month, actually. They to do crocheting. They, oh, I forgot about the crocheting. Yeah. Um, they're going to come and do quilting. I don't know about the crochet. Um, Mary, Mary and Allward. Hey, Nathan. I'm so grateful for McShin and for what you all taught me about recovery almost 18 months now congratulations uh my prayers are with you all awesome awesome may god be uh this is awesome okay <laughs> i love that uh, uh cambria saying hello again gwen saying the numbers are staggering um you know I, I i'm in recovery right and 
you know, I, I do a lot of different things with a lot of different people. And, and I talked earlier about something that hit me and how much I didn't realize I was missing right when we had the party, but something else happened yesterday. Like I, uh, well, a couple weeks ago and then yesterday, um, you know, I talked to, I, I switched up with my, I switched sponsors, right? Mm -hmm. And my previous, well, this is, this is a good, I mean, it's a good thing. I'm, I, I actually, I'm still, you know, really close with my previous sponsor. Um, but I switched up sponsors because I realized I wasn't being completely, I wasn't opening up mm -hmm. to my spot, my previous sponsor and in a way that was helping me, or at least I felt stuck. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Probably me. Definitely me. Mm -hmm. But I switched up sponsors, right? <laughs> and I told her, I said, you know, I'm feeling lonely. I mm -hmm. feel lonely and I'm isolating. And you know what she did? She's like, all right, great, great. She volunteered me to do, uh, uh, to have a position on Intergroup, which is the AA, a 12 step fellowship that deals with alcohol. Um, the, the, I guess, I don't know what kind, what they are, the sort of organizing group for all the district. And, and she volunteered me for, for a group there. <laughs> We've got all kinds of a uh, fun noises today. That's, that's, that's telling me I need to shut up. No, that's uh, I told her I was, I was lonely and I wasn't, I wasn't meeting people. And she volunteered me to be a group participation chair. And I was like, really? I got to have responsibility. Like I ain't got enough responsibility. Was that on like Zoom or something? <laughs> no, that means I got to go to meetings. Oh. That's what it was. <laughs> she was telling me, you need to go to meetings. And she was she Good. was putting a position in place so I had some accountability too. It's like, oh yeah, right, accountability. So now um, I get to go to meetings and, and share what's going on with Intergroup, which is really, hey, come to these meetings um, or you know, donate Seventh Tradition Basket. And, but I get to share and hear new stuff. And um, as meetings are opening back up and some meetings never closed or some, you know, they moved or they went online, mm -hmm. but, you know, meetings are coming back. Some meetings are just, just reopening, right. Mm -hmm. Just coming back up. And so I've been going to some of those meetings and I've been taking a, a, a couple of newcomers with me too. And I'm sort of getting reinvested. I, you know, I, I'd like to say that, you know, my, my recovery has been this wonderful trajectory upward the entire time, but you know, I've, I've had peaks and valleys and last couple months have been really just sort of lonely for me. Yep. And, and I've been sort of making my work, my recovery, which is not a good place for me to do a good thing for me to do. Um, as Morris can probably know too, Morris Baton up there, our men's program director says, you guys are awesome. Love and much respect. Hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. Love you, Mo. Um, uh, I hope you're having a good day. Cambria asks, what is some advice you would give us as a peer support slash friend to help someone in a hard time, even if it's just a bad moment? Like if we can't be there physically. Um, well, you want to want to start this one off, Harold? Because I know that you've got some thoughts on this one. Yeah, right. It's, what what can we do? I guess I guess Cambry's kind of asking, you know, what can we do for individuals in recovery um, when she's not available, when she's not there? Like for your wife, for instance, what can your wife do to support you in your recovery while she's not here physically every single day? Um, yeah, right. Just sometimes, just a listening ear. You know what I mean? Like I talk it. to her on the phone, and just sometimes you just need someone to listen because um, we be in our heads a lot. And we do have, a, like you said, though, the emotions are coming back. Yeah. So we have to, like, talk about them because I don't know how to cope with them healthy, healthy, you know, with good, good, good coping skills. So, I mean, sometimes just listening 
and you can give some positive feedback. Um, sometimes some constructive criticism, you know what I mean? I mean, I have to be willing to accept it, but I definitely need it. You know what I mean? I need a, sometimes I need a push because I am You're kicking the ass. Yeah, yeah. because I am like, I procrastinate yeah. a lot. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, they can be like enabling. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, because they love us. But I mean, the best thing to do too is like they have like meetings for the families as well. Like my wife attends and uh, it gives her a little knowledge because sometimes they'll beat themselves up. Like she might be feeling like, what did I do or what could I have done to help them? But they have to figure it out that, you know, they don't have control over it. It's, and it's us, you know what I mean? So I think the biggest thing is just that listening ear, some positive feedback. Well, I like what you said about meetings for the for the loved ones, right? You know, that yeah, family support. Yeah, because they need that they, too. I feel yeah. too, because they're hurting. They're going through the process like we are in a way. You know what I mean? I didn't realize that at first. I just thought I was affecting myself, but right. I didn't know how many people was affected by my using. So she's got things that she needs to heal from as well as I have to heal from. So. So we hurt great. the ones we love the most. Yes. Oof. Yep. We do. Um, and there's a potential for using, and, and I can speak, I can speak as a family member of, a, of an addict. You know, I can speak as a family member that I, I can, like when I, when I realize that the person is, is down, you know, I, I, I sometimes want to, and I'm speaking, well, I, I won't go into that, but I'm thinking specifically, like I can, I can beat that person up even more. Like, all right, you're already feeling mm. like crap. I can make you feel worse, um, which is not a good place for me spiritually mm -hmm. at all. Um, but even with that, like, We're even if, well, I might do it intentionally, but I can also do that mm -hmm. unintentionally, mm -hmm. you know, just like, well, why didn't you do it this way? Or shouldn't you have just done that or blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, hold on a second, you know, recognizing that, that the person next to me is, is, is learning skills, you know, that, that we missed out on while we were using. So what do you think? This is a, a good question for you. How can people, how can people who aren't here physically be supportive? Well, I'm a little biased for that one. Um, cause, uh, <laughs> money, no, no, obviously, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, well, speaking like with her, because she, you know, she's been with me through when I was getting high and when I was clean. So, like, as a somebody there to listen or to talk to, like, some days I'll be going through some shit and I'll I'll be messaging her and she's like, all right, stop bullshitting me. What's, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Uh -huh. When you have that kind of relationship with people, they know when you're bullshitting yeah. like they can tell and sometimes that's what i need is to somebody to call me on my shit because i'm the type of dude where you know it's, what's wrong nothing i'm fine and i'm sitting here like man this fucking shit you know what i mean and i need somebody to 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 call me out on my shit like what is wrong with you what are, you know because because that's the 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 best thing to do is like i was saying talk about it get it out and speak to somebody and like with her she's been that for me for a long time you know and, and it's good to have somebody you can trust and rely on that you know is always going to be there for you everybody at least needs that one person like mm -hmm. like with harold and him having his wife when he starts to i mean feel lonely you know he's got his wife but he can't be there with her yeah. you know what i mean so that open line of communication like look this is how i'm feeling 
you know, and just talk about it. And I know it's rough sometimes because like loneliness is one of the hardest ones for me. You know, I miss my son. I miss my family. You know, I'm, it, it sucks, but you got to be able to, to be willing to talk about it and have somebody that can be that for you, you know, and uh, perspective too. Mm. Um, you know, I think about the people I come to when, when, when the monkeys in my brain are throwing poo, mm -hmm. you know, I think of the people in my life I can come to and, and talk to about that who aren't going to over, you know, aren't going to help me or co-sign my catastrophizing, mm. whatever's going on in my life. You know, I can come, I can talk, I can air it out and be like, okay, I'm done. You yeah. know, that was a feeling. I don't need to dwell on this feeling and goodbye. And, and there are a few people like that. There are, there are really, you know, I, I probably am one of those people that if you come to me, I'll be like, all right, come on. All right, well, let me, let me help you get angry or happier or sadder, you know. Um, the hype man. And, and yeah. I, well, yeah. And I, <laughs> the hype man. I, I, I think in my recovery, that is, a, is, is something that I'm learning to not do um, and to be more of a, you know, a conduit to, to serenity. But it's still a potential problem for me because I will cling to somebody's emotion and I will identify with that feeling and i will go down that path with the person and help push the person down the path mm -hmm. if i'm dangerous if i'm if i'm not in a, in a spiritual frame of mind and i think that could be for anybody you know like people loved ones in my life um i can go down that path with my brother with my mother definitely with my father you know other loved ones in my family so what about you over there mr justin how do you how do you uh and and deal with uh I don't know, triggers, people who are in around who want to support you. How would you rather be supported? Uh, <clears throat> I, I think one of the biggest things for me is, uh, you know, people constantly letting me know that they're there, uh, mm -hmm. not yeah. physically, but, you know, sh shoot me a text. Give me a call. Kyle. That's darn it, Kyle. <laughs> That's twice. <sighs> um <laughs> yeah, man, let, let me know that you're there and let me know that, you know, if I need you, I, I can reach out and talk to you. That was, you know, during my last relapse, that was, that was the biggest thing that, that I didn't have is, you know, a, a network of people. I, I felt utterly alone. Uh, and I was living with somebody, but I was also using and I was destroying the relationship and I watched it fall apart, you know, and it was, it was terrible. Um, and that pushed her away and she was pretty much my only support network. You know, she was the person who I turned to, you know, of course I had my parents, but I didn't really want to, you know, push my problems onto them and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, moving forward to nowadays, you know, we, of course we still get those thoughts. We still have those feelings. Um, I, I keep myself incredibly busy. And mm -hmm. I keep myself busy yep. within the recovery community, you know, um, of course I work here, you know, I'm constantly going to the gym. Uh, I live in housing, so I'm constantly around guys that are, you know, looking to me to, you know, be a quote leader of sorts. Um, and, and that, that gives me, uh, a lot of, a lot of strength, honestly, to, 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 to suppress those thoughts, to keep, keep from acting on those thoughts. I know that, you know, and, and I told Nathan this a while ago, um, and he, he, he kind of gave me a look, 
Um, but I said, <laughs> right now, I just don't have time to use. I don't mm. have the time to use. And that's true. Yep. That's absolutely true. I if If I were to pick up and use right now, everything that I've been working for, everything that I do would completely fall apart because everything that I do is in the recovery community, everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would lose my house. I would lose my job. I would definitely lose my license. You know, like it would all just go immediately downhill. And right now using is not worth losing all of that. You know, I, I've worked too hard and, and it, it hasn't even been that long, you know, and I've gained so much back in such a short amount of time you know, six months from now, who knows what's going to happen, you know, but I do know what's going to happen if I use, mm -hmm. you know, six months from now, I'm going to be right back where I was shoot six months ago, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I don't ever want to be in that spot again, ever. You know, that's a, that's a terrible, terrible place to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like I, that's the thing. Like life is, life is so much better and so much more fulfilling now and I, I i credit it all to getting clean and staying clean you know mm -hmm. that's that's i mean honestly that's that's what i credit it all to um and like i have so many relationships now with so many good people and it's crazy how fast those relationships develop into you know not just friendships but like you know people you can trust people you can count on you know relationships that take you know years to build you can you can put together in in a few months time you know um, a couple of the guys in my house right now i'm so close with um mm -hmm. that i feel like you know I, I would take a bullet for them and they would do the same for me um <laughs> my sponsor i've been friends with him for I mean, close to 20 years now. And when I relapsed, we just stopped talking. We didn't talk hardly at all. Uh, I would text him every once in a while. And that was really it. Mm. Um, now, you know, he, he's, well, he's my sponsor. He was my sponsor before and now he's my sponsor again, but we have an incredible relationship. He sends me messages all the time of like, Hey, you remember this? This was 10 years ago. He, he does that time hop thing. <laughs> um, and just texts that we sent back and forth and, and, and stuff like that. And it's, you know, our relationship has gotten so much stronger, you know, and, and, and the foundation has become so much stronger. Uh, and again, I, I credit that all to, you know, to getting clean and staying clean, you know? Um, yeah. And that's, that's, uh, back to you, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mentioned something that we don't talk about enough on here. You alluded to something that we don't talk enough about here in this space. And I think that's a really good point that I'm trying to do better myself. Um, you're going to the gym. Like I know that there's a lot of people who get into recovery and all and day or a day, all day or a day. <laughs> still small, well, still small, but, but so in my using, you know, and the things that I did to my body, you know, I basically just kind of destroyed the natural chemicals that go through my brain and go through my body. And so one, one way to really start to get back into what would be a normal, you know, a healthy body is to get back into a healthy routine, including going to the gym, eating healthy. I noticed you had your grilled chicken yesterday. I had a salad, you know, today. And, and, you know, for me, I didn't really embrace that enough you know, when I started. So I think it, it sort of 
the, the chemical balance and the emotions and everything, it just sort of, bleh, you know, um, it's, and I, it's important. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, it's not even really going to the gym. Yes. That helps me a lot with, you know, my, my pride, my physical appearance, my, you know, feeling better about myself. But like, you, you know, you said, you know, you put so many healthy things. It, what did it, I mean, brushing your teeth, mm. taking a shower, you know, Sorry. knowing that you're out of deodorant and you need to go to the store and get some, you know, like yeah. those little things where it's like just tiny, you know, little, little portions of self-care, you know, that when we're using, we don't think about, you know, like I, I, the last thing I cared about when, you know, when I wanted to go pick up was I need to take a shower first before I go out. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I smell like. I'm trying to go get what I want and I want it now. And yep. if I stink, I don't care. I'll deal with that later. You know, yeah. um, you know, that's funny. You say that um, because when we talk about triggers, you know, and we talk about what you just said about not caring about how you smell, like, there's a big part of my using that involved. Well, without getting too deep into it, I, my addiction, I used, I, I showered a lot. You know, I was constantly taking showers and grooming myself. There was sort of an addiction, a vanity, if you will, to my addiction. So I won't say that I'm triggered by showering now, yeah. I think. But for me, self-care can almost be a, wait a second, am I getting obsessive about that? And that's, you know, different strokes, different types of addictions um, and things that we get, you know, focused on. Because I think for me, the the you know, I was overcompensating for my feelings of inadequacy, you know, by the vanity, uh, the attention seeking, um, and then certainly the drug use and the alcohol use. So you're 28 days, my friend, and you've got 40 days of sobriety. Uh, 40, you're at 40 days, 46, 46. Um, you know, as we're closing out the show right here, I think for all of us, you know, to help you, um, Perhaps if you would share with us, what are you feeling? I mean, I, you expressed some concern about getting back out. I really appreciate that openness because I, I get that. I really get that. Um, what else can we do as, a, as part of your network to support you as you transition from this 28 days to this new, new broader life, you know, back into a community? What can we do? Um, like I was saying before, um, a listening ear. Um, also suggestions, your strength, experience, and hope, you know what I mean? Like I might come to you with a situation that I don't know how to handle, but you could share your experience or guide me to someone that might know, you know what I mean? Because it's a lot of things in life that I don't know how to do sober, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. um, <laughs> some... I mean, I haven't experienced that yet. I know it's going to come. You know what I mean? It's going to yeah. be things that's going to come in my life that I don't know how to deal with sober, that I will have to come to someone else with more experience that and share it, you know what I mean, and reach out. Because there's someone in the rooms that have been through this, and, and they can tell me how they did it. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, I'm new to it. I still green like yeah. we used to say in the streets you green you green. know i'm still green to it you know <laughs> what i mean i mean yeah. like i said um because when i had the sobriety time last time um uh, i didn't work a program you know what i mean yeah 
So you just weren't getting high. Right. So this is totally different what I'm doing this time because I mean, I'm trying to work the program and um, it's, I mean, like I can kind of get clean. I don't know how to, like, I need to work on the recovery. You know what I mean? I got to work on myself. You know what I mean? I just, I know not, I know how not to pick up drugs, but I don't know how to live without drugs. You see what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. so that's where I'm at right now. So really it's just like a, uh, open ear. Like if I come to you and say, "Hey, I'm going through this. Um, I don't know how to handle it. Give me some advice, suggestions." Or if you don't have the answer, don't just make up some crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you don't have the answer, just be honest and tell me. I I don't know what to do, and oh. maybe direct me to someone who does. You know what I mean? But because a lot of times people in recovery, they might just tell you something. Yeah, and they might tell you something that they haven't experienced. They really don't know. They're giving me an opinion mm-hmm. instead of a fact or, a, of, you know yeah. what I mean? I need someone who's, you know, I don't need your opinion because you're an addict as well. You know what I'm saying? So right. your opinion is just as good as mine. You know what I mean? If you haven't experienced it and been through it, I mean, I want you, I'd rather someone to be honest and say, look, man, um, I never had that situation happen. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's okay. Just be, you know what I mean? But I just don't want someone to lead me the wrong way because I'm green. So I might take what they tell me and that might lead me down the wrong path. You know what I'm saying? Because I can take their advice and it might not be good advice, but I wouldn't know because I don't know. And it might lead me the wrong way. So, I mean, just be honest with me. Right. It's key, honest. Um, And I don't go to a barbershop to fix my car. Exactly. You know know what I mean? Yeah. I get, I get that. I know a guy. You know, <laughs> well, some guys are multifaceted. But um, any any closing thoughts, Kyle? Um, well, like Harold was saying, that's why it's good if you're coming in, even just to get a temporary sponsor, even if it's just like I said, temporary, because everybody's got their own opinion. But the people that are willing to sponsor you, if they've got you know more than a year clean and they they're willing to sponsor you, that means they've obviously got a wealth of knowledge. And if they don't know, I'm sure they know and somebody that knows. You know, it's good to have. Um, like with me, it was hard for me to find a sponsor because the way I thought about it in my head when I first got here is when I find a sponsor, then I'm gonna actually have to start doing shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> then they're gonna be like, "Well, you gotta oh. do this, this." I'm like, "Well, shit." Some accountability. Yeah. yeah, some accountability. But you know, I'm glad I waited. And, and found somebody that I could connect with and, and, you know, I can talk to my sponsor about any and everything. Um, and I know your sponsor. He's just as crazy as you are. Yes, that's why it's a <laughs> very good relationship. And the sponsorship family I have is a bunch of wonderful guys. And I'm, you know, glad to be part of that group. But, like, for somebody just coming in, yeah, get you a temporary sponsor, man. Because there's people out here that don't have the answers, you know, and you don't want to get the wrong advice from somebody it may not be malicious they might not may not you know give you that advice you know trying to hurt you but if they've never been in that situation then they everybody's different we all work our own way of recovery and we all have different ways of dealing with with stuff you know so getting a temporary sponsor and you know having somebody that has a little bit of knowledge more than you at least you know so that when you get into a crisis or when you get in one of them situations you have somebody to call that you know if they don't have the answer, they probably know somebody that does. Mm. You know. Any closing thoughts, Justin? Yeah, um, making the decision to 
to get clean, change your life. It's, it's a very scary decision. Um, and there's a lot of things to think about. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things, at least for me, there was a lot of things that ran through my head. Uh, how am I going to eat? You know, I don't have a job. Where am I going to go? Um, you know, everywhere you go, you, you have to pay bed fees. You know, how am I going to do all that? You know, I, I, I don't have a license. I don't have a car, this, that, and the other, wow. you know, how am I going to do this? Um, at McShin, um, they, they welcome you in with open arms. Um, we have a link, uh, basically to a, uh, a Facebook fundraiser, uh, where you can go and donate. Um, and that basically goes directly towards, uh, helping people, uh, you know, that want to change their life, that want to get clean, that, 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 you know, that need help that are in the same situation that all of us once were, uh, you can go on that, you can follow that link, go on the Facebook page. That, that um, goes actually directly to McShin's page. Oh, does it? It oh, does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, but, okay. but exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yep. that, that helps people, uh, you know, pay their bed fees, helps people get food. It helps people get toiletries. Um, you know, that I think that what is the goal, you know, paying for a month of, of bed fees and, and that type thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, follow that link. It's directly to the McShin page. Um, what? Know, donate and if you can. Donate if you can, right. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's a great way to, you know, if you don't know how, you know, you, you want to advocate for the recovery community, but you're not really sure how. This is a great way to do it. Um, so I'm going to run that link until the end of the show. Uh, yeah. Copy it down. Do what Click you do. It. Well, and, and it is about supporting the the addict, you know, supporting the individual at the beginning and helping to get the clothing or the food and the things that we need right off the bat. But it's also about helping an addict find some peace of mind and some calm and serenity. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we first, or at least when I, for I'll speak in, in I statements, when I first got to McShin, when I first got into our housing, I, I like Justin was saying, you know, I didn't know where I was going to get a meal from. I had a bag of groceries. Um, you know, all the other, all the people around me <laughs> were eating barbecue off the, I'm saying this because I, Justin was my first house leader mm. and, and they did a lot of barbecuing back then, but they shared with me, you know, they said, Hey, you need to eat too. And they brought, you know, they helped me and, and helped me get acclimated. But yeah, didn't have a car, didn't have a ride. You know, I brought a bag of clothes and, and so peace of mind and calm because, you know, we talk about this all the time, you know, this inve- it's an investment in recovery. When we invest in recovery, we build stronger families and we create safer communities and we produce healthier citizens. So one way that we can demonstrate that is by making that donation and helping us, helping McShin celebrate 17 years of having the door open. You know, for me, that was so important having that door open. Uh, I sound like an N- I sound like I'm doing NPR. So excuse having me. Having that door open, talking softly open. on NPR. <laughs> talking softly <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of the uh, the the old uh, Ira Glass and the um, that doesn't that's a long story. So anyway, yeah, you, you you come you come to McShin, man. You're 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 not gonna go hungry. You're not gonna be cold. You're not gonna be too hot. You know, you're you're yep. You're gonna be fine. You know, if you're scared about about getting help, man. Don't don't be man. This this is a great place to be. It's a great place to start your recovery path. You mm-hmm. might be too hot though if you're sitting right here in the studio with the AC <laughs> off. So let's get that straight. Hey, there's one up, there's another comment up there. I want to make sure that uh, we we look at that real quick. Ah, Debbie Rosenbaum. Debbie says, Harold, 
what does she say? Harold, Marta, and I wish you all the best in life. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, Debbie, I'm glad you watched through. It's good to see you and hug you and Ed on, on Saturday. Um, so many more thoughts. I know that we, we could go on and on and on here, but uh, we do need to close out and land the plane. But I just want to tell everybody, tomorrow we have, of course, Joyce and Dixie in the studio for Women Wednesdays, talking about recovery issues important to women. And then on Thursday, we have Sue Halsted. I, I probably mispronounced her name, Polston. Um, Halsted Polston. Um, she is... Sue is amazing. She is the executive director for Sunrise Community for Recovery and Wellness in Asheville, North Carolina. I met Sue just a little over a year ago on my Recovery Across America, or as we were calling it then, Addiction Across America 2020 tour as I was driving around the country. So uh, we're going to check in with Sue. We're going to find out what's been going on down there, um, see how her recovery is progressing, and see what we can do um, maybe as we grow forward into the into the future together. So um, with that, thank you, everybody who watched and listened today or who's listening and to everybody who is incarcerated who might be listening mm. right now. You know, look, this is a community. You know, I came through a jail program. Um, you know, you also, Kyle, came through mm. a jail program. Did you were you in a McShin jail program? Uh, no, they didn't have a McShin, but I came through a program from jail. So you all right. So you, you had a recovery, some sort of pod, you know, in jail that mm. was recovery oriented. Oh, no. no. So you missed out. Yes. You missed out. See, so your funding could help support that too. Um, you, you know, if you want to find recovery and you want to come and do something different, you know, we can help you with that. We can help you get acclimated. So, thank you again, Justin, for your amazing product uh, producing skills, and uh, uh. we'll see you guys tomorrow at two. Honesty Liller. I am the CEO of the McShen Foundation and a woman in long-term recovery since May 27, 2007. I have not used drugs or alcohol. Woo -woo. Thank you so, so much to the Richmond Times Dispatch and all of our voters for getting the Herd podcast. Those podcasts are amazing. Not only has it helped thousands upon thousands of people in their recovery, as well as family members, but it has helped me in my personal recovery. I get to listen to them now in my car through Spotify and iHeartRadio. And it's just really, really important for us to be innovative in the addiction field and the recovery community. So when COVID hit, we had to be innovative. You know, we really had to think of like, what can we do to reach people that cannot go to 12-step meetings? smart recovery, faith-based, whatever, um, that we're shutting down constantly. So we were innovative here at McShin. Let's start podcast. So with Todd, John, Alex, um, and some other staff, you know, we all just kind of jumped in who can do what. And um, with Todd's lead and John's lead, the podcasts have been amazing and we're still doing them today. So I want to thank you for all of your votes and all of your energy and all of your support of our mission of healing families and saving lives. Thanks.